everyone, welcome to Go With The Flow, Yoga Conversations with Ben and Rihanna. I'm Rihanna. And I'm Ben. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 10. Hi everyone, welcome back on the podcast. Uh, in this episode, we have... My friend and a fellow yoga teacher, of course, Ivy Hapitan. Yay! Hi, Ivy! Hi, Ivy! Hi. Welcome! Thank uh, you! So, um, what do you teach now? Because I, I know you started as a yin yoga teacher. So, what right now, what, do you, what style would you say you're teaching? I still teach yin. Yeah. I teach vinyasa-based classes, just yeah. like you. I also teach group and private yoga therapy classes okay. now. Yeah. Okay. And then we can we can start the podcast by discussing about your personal yoga history. Yeah. So maybe we How can How you started, yeah. where you came from, your influences, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, my first experience of physical yoga was in 2005. I yeah. was in college mm-hmm. and it was a one-day event in the university like we could attend any type of class I found yoga and interestingly my doormates joined me I fell in love with yoga right away because it was fun and there was I thought before it was singing but now I realize it was chanting so that was the only part that I felt oh my gosh this is so weird but it's super fun (laughs) (laughs) and we tried headstand I couldn't I couldn't do headstand and I felt like oh my gosh, this is so difficult, but it's super fun. But overall, I would say that I had a great experience and I was hoping that the university would have regular classes. But at the time, 2005, there were no teachers teachers available. Exactly, (laughs) that's what they told me. I asked, can we still have weekly classes? And they told me... Do you remember who that teacher was? They were from UST. So the UST Yoga Club. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't remember the name of the teacher because a group of people taught it. So everyone from the UST Yoga Club contributed. And that's why I felt it was so cool because a group of people were teaching another group of people. And another university visited where I was studying. And it was just really fun because we went through, of course, like a sequence. It was, I feel like, more Hatha-based. Yeah. And at the end of it all, we, we chanted... And we were laughing because we, I couldn't understand anything. Yeah, yeah. And since I was with my friends, it was just a fun experience overall. That's yeah. my first ever formal experience of yoga. Mm-hmm. But I knew, I knew I wanted to pursue it. Yeah. So after college, I, it was so interesting because I looked for yoga again. And yeah. guess what I found? Yoga for life. Yes, <laughs> I found. Uh, this little super tiny advertisement on a newspaper on a Sunday I will never forget that I found that super small newspaper clipping like a two by two yeah it was still at echo yoga Uh, and when I arrived I will never forget that the guys at YFL what year was this 2010 all of the guys came over to say I thought to greet me but they greeted my companion. <laughs> they greeted my companion because I think he was cute. <laughs> All of them like hovered towards him. I'm like, I'm so, uh, 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 
yung magyuyuga. Hindi ikaw yung tinanggal. No. And I will never forget, um, Meng was there, so I felt, okay, I'm safe because there's another girl. And we ended the class. It was a power vinyasa class. Yeah. And everyone was in headstand. And the teacher told me, stay in Savasana. And I looked around feeling like, how come they can all uh, practice headstand? And I, how come I can? Yeah. But after that, I, I joined every Saturday. That yeah. was every Saturday. And then I became a volunteer. I, at some point, the teachers needed more support. And that's how I got into a teacher training. My first ever teacher Same training was Yin. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I actually copied him. <laughs> so he was in Australia. Yeah. You were in Australia. And I figured like, oh my gosh, um, I can do this. Ben's doing it in Australia. He's super outside of his comfort zone. Mm. At that time, I chose Yin to be my first teacher training yeah. because it was my practice. Yeah. Okay. And I was super burnt out from work. I'm the type of person who would be the first one at the office. Last I'm the time. 7 a.m. girl there. Yeah. And I would leave at 9 or 10. Wow. The, the cleaners would say, Ma'am, we have to close the building. Yeah. What industry did you work in? If you don't mind my asking. Community development, international organization, training. Mahirap. Mahirap, yeah. 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 Uh -huh. And logistics, training assistant. So long hours, a lot of coordination lots of emails and i was really young so i thought i had to do everything for the team yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so so i i got burnt out and i found that yin really helped me cope okay. cope yeah. with stress cope with the pressure because a lot of my batchmates were taking their master's degree i had to deal with my own insecurities i had to deal with menstrual issues while <laughs> yeah. at work you know like i can't be absent because i have uh, menstrual cramps what would my colleagues say it's not an excuse yeah. and yin really helped me with with that so that's my my entry to my first teacher yeah. training but i did not decide to, i i never imagined that i would teach yeah. i I only figured like, okay, I'll be an assistant. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be an assistant or maybe sometimes I'll volunteer for like a yoga for life class. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But then right after my teacher training, different yoga studios started asking me to cover Teach. for their classes. So my, I actually changed my signature, my email signature to cover girl. <laughs> cover girl, Ivy. Yeah. That's so cute. <laughs> because different studios would ask me to cover for classes. Yeah. And after a few months, um, a head teacher from a studio asked me, oh, do you want to teach full-time or do you want to teach at least one regular class? Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I can take one regular class. And I think after two months, he uh, added another class. And after a few months, my gosh, I think three or four months, I had 11 classes every week yeah. in a studio. In that one studio? In that one studio. All in? Uh, at the time, not anymore. Okay. Yeah, yeah I also taught vinyasa based classes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't Had know I did it. you taken a training in between? Yes, I did. I okay. took my yin teacher training December 2013, and 2014, yeah. I took my 200 uh, vinyasa immersion and teacher training my yeah. the my mentor called it immersion because not all of us wanted to be a teacher yeah you know what's interesting in that group because that group was well curated uh, she had to interview us the training started around like september 2015 we ended around february 2016 yeah. Yeah. so Aug july august we had some interview we had some introductory workshops and i was the one who had no plans to teach yeah among everybody 
and I'm the, the only one teaching now. <laughs> So uh, in the group, yeah, yeah. This, is Binky's group. this was Binky's group, yeah. and Binky introduced me to all the other stuff yeah. I'm interested in now. She introduced me to anatomy trains, yeah. to Bonnie Bainbridge Cohan, a yeah. body mind centering, somatics experiencing. Of course, she introduced me to yoga therapy because her framework was really focused on maybe the fundamentals of yoga. She would say something and joke like, "Basta." Yoga lang yung ginagawa natin. And I guess that's why when you asked me if yeah. I could be interviewed, remember I, I mentioned that maybe I can talk about who I am becoming yeah. as a person and not so centered about yin. Yeah. Because before I would experience some, not necessarily backlash, but I realized that um, depending on who I'm talking to, yeah. it can be intriguing. And I yeah. think that's just how it is nowadays. Yeah, yeah anything can be a cause of... Yeah wildfire yeah yeah and so when i talk to people i would just say movement and breath depends on yeah. who i'm talking to yeah. and i would mention like the intention of this class like okay mm -hmm. yin is more contemplative slow more relaxing yeah. you can also try vinyasa it can be soothing and stimulating yeah. because i learned that i also had that kind of internal I don't know, like an internal dialogue that I yeah. used to be so judgmental of things. Yeah. Like I used to judge power yoga. And then now, I super love powerful <laughs> practices. Yeah. Any kind of powerful practice. Like if I can join basketball, I will probably join <laughs> that. Like I'm, It's probably because I gained my strength back yeah. from the burnout yeah. when I was in my early 20s to now I'm 32. I feel so much younger, yeah. so much stronger. Yeah. I don't get easily sick. I remember every flu season, I'm the first one in the office who gets the cold, the yeah. cough, oh. and sore eyes. Yeah. <laughs> with special mention to sore eyes. I think it also comes with maturity, no? Mm -hmm. like after a while, parang your brain is just a little bit more yeah. receptive to different styles yeah. that are not yours. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a common thing then with all the other people we interviewed. Oh. You know, as you mature in your teaching, everything is just yoga, mm -mm. basically. Yeah. Mm -mm. And the distinction just becomes, I don't know, parang for convenience. <laughs> like, yeah. people just label for convenience, but yes. it's because it's easier to, you know, it's, yeah, it's power yoga. Yes. And then that's the end of the conversation. Yeah, and I learned that power yoga can also be powerful in different ways. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be physical or asana. It can be something about if we're working on someone's in my self-confidence. Yeah. yeah. And yoga for life really taught me to see things in a different light because we started to offer other classes apart yeah. from vinyasa uh, and then yin. So we started to have feature classes, we started to have our mini workshops and that's it really helped me open my eyes like, oh my gosh, we can approach things. We can be very different as people, yeah. different personalities, yeah. different school of thoughts, different worldview. Yeah. But my gosh, we can stay in one room, breathing, sweating. Yeah. Your sweat can like land on my shoulder <laughs> and I'm fine with it. Like, yeah. oh, so I can practice 108 sun salutations. Super cool. You know, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Like, seemingly simple stuff, but in my experience very profound because then i felt like how the breath can be very influential in terms uh -huh. of building physical strength yeah. Yeah. and just the emotional confidence mm -hmm. yeah. um yung, 
your Yen teacher training. Mm. So it happened in 2013. Yes. It was with Victor. Yes, in Singapore. I took right away the 100-hour teacher uh, training. But the I, I remember I had to justify why I wanted to take a Yen teacher training training right away before vinyasa because his requirement before was you needed a vinyasa teacher training first Aye. because yeah okay. he had that requirement because he wanted you to learn about anatomy first okay. and have a very consistent practice of course i think you you both of you totally understand what yeah, that's yeah. about and i said that but i want to volunteer for yoga for life yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and that and was and he agreed okay. i wrote an essay okay <laughs> Excel file. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The questions were um, saved on an Excel file, so I answered it Excel file. Yeah. I had to uh, justify that, and I, I wasn't even sure if yeah. I'd be qualified. But yeah. he wrote back. His assistant wrote me back, and, and I was were... very glad. And when I was there, they were very interested okay. about the HIV situation in the Philippines mm. and how Yoga for Life was supporting people with HIV mm. through the practice yeah. of yoga. Yeah. And it became, and the practice became even more powerful for me because of other people's reassurance. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So let's talk about that um, uh, HIV and yoga and mm. the intersection of health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yoga. Well, yoga is, of course, but well known as a healthful practice yes. that promotes health. Um, and when we talk about yoga for life, not a lot of people know about it, but mm. uh, it's an HIV program for people living with and affected by HIV. What have you learned in terms of this interaction? Uh, like correlation. How, how does yoga help yeah, people living with HIV? The number one word for me would be resilience. Mm-hmm. I find that as Filipinos, we are automated to be resilient. Yeah. I, I think it's probably because of what we go through on a day-to-day <laughs> basis, as simple as traffic. Yes. Oh, so yeah. we're, we're automated, we're trained to be resilient. The services that we want available for us are not easily accessible. Yeah. However, when you're someone living with HIV, things become harder because of stigma and discrimination. You also physically, your body needs to adjust to certain medication. And your life changes because of a particular diagnosis. And I find Mm -hmm. that yoga being befriending the body learning how to use the breath whether in in a manner of soothing you relaxing you or energizing you and stimulating you the tools that we learn in yoga to self-regulate self-soothe or maybe as our self-care strategy has really helped people living with hiv make decisions that are health promoting Mm -hmm. I would get testimony, very anecdotal, and you know, they would send me all these private messages. Like today, something that's really powerful for me was when someone I was helping with is recovering from substance abuse, mm-hmm. and he said he took an ele- he, he took the elevator. He there was a guy who he used to party before. Yeah. 
And when he saw the guy in the same elevator, yeah. trapped in the four corners of the elevator, his body shook, especially yeah. his hands, oh and he had this intense craving. And they would describe it as giang. Yeah, giang. Giang. He had this intense craving, and he decided to just stand there and breathe. When the elevators opened, the guy gave him a look, and the guy stepped out kind of waited for him and he uh, stayed in the elevator mm-hmm. just standing and breathing yeah. and he went to his condo unit and he took a shower mm. and I remember like my gosh that's the breath and the power of you standing it yeah. reminded me of mountain pose yeah. yeah you know of course um it's not as simple as that because we went through counseling. Yeah. He also went through this whole journey of like a life-changing process. But I guess in those moments, it's like the inhale and the exhale. It's the power of choice. The space between the inhale and the You're exhale is very now. quick. Yeah. right? It's like a window of opportunity. And windows of opportunities can be health-promoting or can be harmful. Yeah. Yeah. And in that moment, everything is so quick and very physical. Yeah. And the practice of yoga teaches us to be body aware and not just aware about the body but increase our body awareness not just increase the the awareness but refine the awareness Mm -hmm. we keep clarifying and clarifying and clarifying so that's one of the powerful examples i can give you and we didn't even go through like um an entire yoga therapy program with this person I invited him to join yoga for life classes we had some we supplemented it with some counseling Mm. And already, yeah. it, it was that yeah. powerful. I find yeah. that these stories are like gems. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to see how parang people have like accepted this idea that you can pair your medicine and your Western way of treating certain things with the practice yeah. of yoga. And I yeah. think it's nice. Yeah, and I I'm very grateful because I work uh, with a foundation yeah. that has a clinic. And I am meeting more and more medical professionals who are open to yoga and mindfulness. Oh, nice. And you know, a few years ago, I, I was very judgmental to doctors because I was, when I was young, when I was in high school, I was misdiagnosed yeah. and I was hospitalized. And since then, I'd have this trauma yeah. <laughs> talking to doctors. Yeah. But yeah. now that I work with doctors, I now I can see the similarities that we have with doctors. We want to help. Yeah. <laughs> we want to help. So. Yeah. so I really appreciate even psychologists, psychiatrists, mm-hmm. they're now seeing the benefit of yoga. Yeah. So all of these, mm-hmm. um, like for example, the things that you've been applying along with yoga, you're also mm-hmm. training with them. Like for example, counseling, um, therapy. Mm-hmm. Where did you get the, where did you do the yoga therapy and counseling training, for example? For counseling, it was very specific. Yeah. For HIV, I took the training with Department of Health yeah. years ago, and cool. I'm certified to provide the as a supplementary mm-hmm. HIV pre and post test counseling, yeah. and peer education. I also was able to very fortunately able to work with someone who introduced me to mindfulness when it wasn't a buzzword yet. Yeah. This was a long time ago with Templa Wellness. Ah, yeah. Yeah. And one of the founders, Carol Cano, she was yeah. she introduced me to h- how to help people who are diagnosed with mental disorders, 
bipolar, depression, anxiety, how to support people with mental health concerns, mm -hmm. not necessarily a disorder, but just the day-to-day -day stress. So all of these things combined, plus she introduced me to mindfulness practice and very specific ways of supporting yeah. Yeah. people um, who are trying to recover or learn some coping mechanisms, yeah. plus my yoga therapy training that I started in 2016 because I'm not yet done. Yeah. It's several modules. Mm -hmm. All of these combined because my yoga therapy training introduced me to trauma-informed yoga, yeah. cancer care, palliative care, how to support people with specific types of health diagnosis like diabetes, yeah. autoimmune disorders. All of those combined brought me to how I guide people now yeah. mm -hmm. especially in the work that i do with the foundation okay. we don't focus a lot on asana because some of that a lot of them are not ready for it okay. yeah. but if they are what i do now so i can conserve my energy is i refer them to yoga for life yeah and yeah. if they need one-on-one -on -one with me then that's when we have that kind of discussion yeah and i work with of course their primary care yeah so it's it's interesting i'm also enrolled in mindfulness-based cognitive therapy now yeah i yeah it, it was day two last friday wow. it's an eight-week training but just like my all, all my other trainings i'm doing this for myself first yeah <laughs> i fell asleep during body scan Oh. <laughs> last friday and then i was like oh my gosh this is like i am super like my students because yeah. my snore woke me up yeah yeah <laughs> yeah You're familiar with that situation yeah exactly so you've been uh training yin you've been trained in vinyasa, vinyasa you have um counseling training mindfulness training yeah uh and then you already brought up one of the topics that we wanted to discuss which, which is trauma-informed yoga or I guess mm -hmm. trauma-informed practice yes so we'll take a short break we'll delve into that into a bit more detail when we uh, get back so Ivy Kanina we were talking about uh, where you, already, you come from uh, all the, <laughs> the trainings that you took and all the applications that you have done so far. Yeah. Mga detail on the application. Mm -hmm. But you mentioned something about trauma-informed mm -hmm. yoga or yeah. trauma-informed practice. Yeah. Tell us more about this new buzzword or right. how, if it's really new or if it's been around for some time. Here, I would say it's new. No? Mm. In the Philippines, yeah. I would say it's very new. Yeah. It's, it's popularly known as trauma-informed because yeah. I th it follows the general trauma-informed principles or practices oh. that therapists like psychologists mm. also employ in their yeah. talk therapy sessions. So trauma-informed, trauma-aware, trauma-sensitive, yeah. recognizes that we don't know yeah. anything or we don't know a lot but yeah. I would say that the more I learn and the more I work with the more I think I guess medical doctors refer yeah. their patients to me the more I work with students who disclose their experiences with me the more I'm learning that I really don't know anything yeah, yeah. 
on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being, I know everything about you, I know if you close the toothpaste, you know, <laughs> something like that intimate to not knowing anything, I probably know one. Yeah. Like, num- like just one. I probably know that where you work, yeah. you came from work, and then now you're in the studio, but I don't know if you had like... Uh, a childhood adverse event yeah. Yeah. or if you had an experience of a one-time trauma like a car, car crash yeah. I remember meeting someone from the Leslie Kamen of training last year and then she told me that oh I, I experienced actually a car crash yeah. and that's why uh, she explained something an experience when she joined my yin yoga class yeah. Yeah. and I was like but you're so strong you yeah. know I mean that was an internal dialogue I didn't say it in front of her but it was an interesting moment for me and also there are those who are going through ongoing trauma like yeah. domestic abuse or yeah. going back to HIV stigma and discrimination yeah. or us women getting catcalled yeah yeah it can be an ongoing thing so uh, I realized that knowing what we don't know can already influence how we teach for example how we speak in class yeah. how we construct our statements before I would use to I used to say I want you to right yeah. now I am doing my best to get rid of that I don't know if I still say it maybe yeah. I do but yeah uh, another thing that I'm trying to get rid of is let go yeah that is so hard for me to let go <laughs> that that th- those two words yeah. words like should yeah, words that make that Im, that are imposing. Yeah. yeah. Words that make the body rigid. Yeah. You know yeah. that that make the body close up in the shoulders and chest because uh, people who are living with trauma, whether it's tra- tragic, something very tragic or catastrophic, or something as like a chronic stress yeah. in the workplace. We're walking with open wounds. Yeah. I can't imagine not meeting anyone who's not That's having really a hard time. And if we're walking with open wounds, if I'm not mindful of, of how I communicate, I might say something, even with the best intentions, yeah. I might say something out of habit that could blow up mm-hmm. inside of you in a 60, 75, 90-minute class without me... No. Have it without me knowing and without yeah. me having the opportunity to talk to you after class. Yeah. Because it's a yoga. St- I teach in a yoga studio. Yeah. I'm not in an integrative setting where I can time. teach you a body-based strategy, and after this body-based strategy, you'll transfer to a different room mm-hmm. where you can have your talk therapy with your licensed clinical psychologist yeah. or where you can meet your psychiatrist. We don't have that kind of facility right now. If you want to make it happen, let's make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's that's one of the things that I learned from from traveling and training that yeah. my, my peers are working with physiotherapists, physical therapists in one setting. Yeah. But for me, I'd have to refer you out to go there go yeah. see this person and it's it it, it posts some some limits yeah. because we spend more and the traffic here is terrific yeah. <laughs> it's terrific yeah. and if we want to receive uh, uh, services from experts or from resource persons with the uh, the, the training yeah. and years of experience of course there is some price to that of course. right and and i feel like making your trauma-informed yoga as one of the body-based options in the country 
can help make the practice not just available yeah. but also accessible yeah yeah i love that you talk about that because like if you ask ben and lately in like the recent years it's something that i've been language is something that i've been trying to refine so much mm-hmm. yeah so like not placing stuff in a hierarchy mm-hmm. or saying stuff like if this is too much for you mm-hmm. take this and like mm-hmm not qualifying the benefit of taking it a notch down quote unquote right yes. so parang what i'm trying to do especially now that we're training people parang i'm mm-hmm. trying to remove this language that we got so used to so like even right. me i've been mm-hmm. teaching for so long and wala eh. parang that's the language ever since so parang now that you know i know better and i've read more and mm-hmm. like i've studied more um it's something that I'm really trying to infuse in the trainings. Because yeah. you don't know what people carry. Kaya I love that you're bringing all of this up because I super resonate. Yeah. yeah. Would you say it's a style in its own or is it something that's applicable to any like teaching style or method? I would say that it can be applicable to life. Yeah. The way I treat the people who I... I personally find because the people closest to me are the ones who trigger me. Yeah. Yeah. The, yes. Oh. And I, I, I realize that the way I respond to difficult and tense mm-hmm. situations, the way I respond has changed. Yeah. The way I talk to my students has changed. One of my students told me, Teacher Ivy, there's something about you that changed. And I told her, I took a shower and I shampooed my hair because I don't shampoo my hair every day. <laughs> and she said, no, there's something that changed. Mm-hmm. You changed. She was yeah. like that. And and I knew what she was talking about. Yeah. I yeah. knew it in my heart. To me, it's more of like trauma-informed, knowing the principles of trauma-informed, whether it's yoga or how we, we live our life, how we we relate to people yeah. when we meet yeah. them for the first time, it can offer uh, an expansive space of generosity. Yeah. It's very generous. It opens up to patience, pa- humility. It opens the the tangible and the concrete practice of empathy. Yeah. Like these words are so big and since they're big, it's easy it's easy for these words to become buzzwords like compassion, but how can we apply these beautiful words in, mm-hmm. in real life? Yeah. What you said earlier is so, so true to me right now. Yeah. I'm trying to remove phrases or words like, if you can't do this, yeah. because people who are going through trauma, a lot of their power have been taken away from yeah. them, mm. especially if they've been abused when they were kids. Yeah. You know? And so I'm trying to be careful with, with how I provide verbal instructions, yeah. like enough oh. facilitation, enough guidance. But I remember learning something from doctors. They call it patient autonomy. Yeah. And they mm. would remind me that at the end of the day, it's their choice. Oh. Yeah. So I remind myself, at the end of the day, when I provide suggestions, it's their choice. But it's my responsibility to teach, to guide the class the best way I can and as compassionately as I can. So yeah. I, I move, I'm, I'm trying to move closer to loving kindness um, yeah. way of teaching. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's something that's really hard because I'm not before, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's not... 
that's not the way it is. It's either you take level one, two, or three, and then yes. even the way options are presented is mm -hmm. always in a way that is hierarchical. Yeah. Yeah. Na, if you can't do this, or oh, you take it a notch down, but yeah. even uh -huh. the word notch down, yes, or like implying na where you should feel it. So if you yeah. don't feel it there, is there something wrong in the way you're doing it? Yeah, right. So, right. And I'm in in my consciousness. I, to me, what I share in class is something that I constantly have to practice. Yeah. yeah. Because I realize that if I notice that if I don't practice, I become very impatient in class. Mm. Same. And it, that's that's my default. Like mm. this this twenty one year old who used to work in the office from seven a.m. <laughs> to nine p.m. You know that kind of striving. Yeah. If you challenge me in class, if you tell me to kick my my right leg back as far back as I can, I will kick my right yeah, leg yeah, back yeah. as far yeah. back as I can. But what if someone this came to class? who has an injury that has not been disclosed to me because this person met me for the first time ever. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And so I'm I'm also careful with the hierarchy or putting yeah, uh -oh. yeah putting like um more uh, value yeah like this is a more important uh -oh. shape yeah. this is a more important Full form expression. Uh -huh. yeah it's so difficult because I feel like the more I study the more I unlearn yeah. <laughs> oh. And the more I unlearn, the more I appreciate the resilience of students because I keep reminding myself, it's so hard to change who I am. How much more trying to change someone else? Yeah, yeah that's true. Mm. Yeah. And before when I teach, I would be so strict with downward facing dog. Like, I don't want the class to be over until you learn downward facing dog. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm like... Oh my gosh! I don't know. You're you're an accountant <laughs> who works ten to fourteen hours uh -oh. every day for like fifteen years. It's yeah. really hard to have people also in a very upregulated state, yeah. right? So, but I think it's our job then to like, you're not here to be stressed out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's important yeah. to keep in mind as teachers. They're not here for that. Mm. Yeah, they're not. He they're not here to to add harm. Yeah. to their body and to their mind also important to to remember that when that sometimes in in a yoga class since they become they 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 become maybe more open more vulnerable mm -hmm. so if they feel how exhausted they are if they begin to feel their feelings and if some of those feelings are unpleasant yeah. and this is really when i feel trauma informed way of teaching becomes yeah. even essential because the vulnerability is there while we make an effort to create a very safe space while we hold the mm. space for yeah. them since they are open and vulnerable something could arise yeah. that's difficult to feel yeah. and if we're using a language with humility with yeah. quiet encouragement yeah. those things can support them mm -hmm. and also even setting up the class yeah. i had a student who told me after a few years she said like i'm going through i'm actually diagnosed with depression mm -hmm. and um and anxiety i would i have panic attacks and all i did was suggest is it okay if you stay here on this map because it's closest to the windows where you can have fresh air and anytime you feel shortness of breath stand just stay still in standing and you're close to the window so there can be fresh air yeah. and this mat is not too far from my mat yeah. 
Yeah. Something as simple as that, that kind of sensitivity. And I feel like as teachers, a lot of us are already sensitive, or at least we build that sensitivity along the way. Yeah. And this kind of skill can be learned. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You don't have to wait to become to take a formal yoga therapy training to learn this. Yeah. You can read, you can listen to podcasts, you can take workshops first if you're yeah. not yet yeah. sure. I mean, you know, like it's hard to take yeah. a, a full-on teacher training if you're earning Philippine peso. Oh, <laughs> because all of the teacher trainings that offer this, the, the very specific ones are in other countries. Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. So if we have a lot of uh, trainees or yeah. former trainees who are now teachers who have expressed their interest in learning more about trauma-informed yeah. yoga or teaching. Uh, so, would you suggest the best way to start is to start on their own? They can they can start it right away, Read up. like by just yeah. reading. I would suggest go for self-directed learning. Yeah. yeah. And and know for yourself what are the things that. I can do better. Yeah. What are the things that I can slowly change? Yeah. Uh, change to me has to be very slow. Yeah. Behavior change is very difficult, especially if we employ communication. Uh-huh. Because when it comes to communication, a lot of things are automated, mm-hmm. default. Like, this is how I say things. It's hard then also, because that's the job, eh. right? Yes. It's the job. So, like, yeah. if you can't communicate well, I'm here up uh-huh. to present yeah. it in a way that is inclusive because yeah. if we say yoga is for everyone yes. that was the language is pr- does otherwise yeah. right yes. and is ostracizing yes Yun. so like even for me parang mm-hmm. it's something that in the past like two or three years mm-hmm. is something that parang I've been mm-hmm. reading up on and yeah. researching on and listening yeah. stuff on so parang yeah. I it's so hard to like undo stuff that I've learned from my first training in like 2010 to like now. It's so hard. Yes. Because everything has to change. Yeah. And it's an active kind of practice to change. You catch yourself in class, right? Yes. What What are resources that are available out there that you can readily recommend? I would definitely recommend someone who's actually done research because right now, with my yoga therapy training, I am even more and more interested in evidence-based yoga. And I feel like this is really the direction that a lot of us want to go for, especially teachers like you guys who have been teaching for quite some time now because with the the conversions of mental health and a lot of awareness happening, Mm -hmm. Bessel van der der Kok, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, but he's quite popular. Like you yeah. just type yoga and trauma yeah. he's going to come up that. yeah he, he he's first. he's been he's done research yeah yeah and that mending podcasts with mm-hmm. interviews on people yeah. yes like even kunwari yeah. i'm taking a course online yeah. with alex crow yes super into yes. that sort of stuff also yeah, so absolutely she's really like yeah where my brain is at right now so yeah. i'm currently in a course with her also yeah. my brain is like going mm. yeah, yeah absolutely and a lot of podcasts if you google you um trauma t- trauma and yoga or yoga and trauma aware yeah right now i'm trying to expand yeah with not just trauma informed but social justice okay. what i'm learning what i'm learning now is 
it's difficult to suggest self-care practices when there's no community support mm, so i yeah. kind of changed my my view of things yeah. with um it's so easy to to hear these things huh? just suck it up just let it go or yeah. um kaya mo yan. you yeah. know like when when your friend discloses now um, nagkaka-panic attacks ako or meron akong anxiety. This is so common. Meron kasi akong social anxiety. Hindi, kaya mo yan! Yeah. Or just let it go. Hindi, kaya mo yan! Something like that. And now I'm, I'm realizing na it's very difficult to change as a person when you don't have people. Yeah. Yeah, when you don't have people or especially here in the Philippines when we don't have enough facilities or there's no institutional support, yeah. like the real institutional support. Yeah. Like we have the laws available, but a lot of our well, great laws, there's no action, there's no yeah. implementation yet. So then it becomes even more challenging. Like you have this barrier before you leave your house. You, if you're, if you're someone who who lives with um a diet, like if you have anxiety disorder, you open your eyes, you're already having a hard time breathing, mm. right? Even before you leave your house, it's already difficult to live your life. Yeah. And the moment you live, you 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 leave your house, it's a jungle out there. Yeah. And so if you don't know who to go to, yeah. who to talk to, and where to go, it's even harder. Yeah. You know. So social support is having a an environment that goes beyond yeah. the the four corners of the the yoga room or the four corners of your talk therapy yeah. is really quite mm. interesting. Also, I think this is the edge of yoga yeah. because in yoga, when we learn about increased body awareness, even mm. when you leave the studio, you can build the the practices that that you need yeah. for yeah. to soothe you to self regulate. Yeah. That's why it's such a great adjunct yeah. to other therapies, and this is mm. the research of mm. of Bessel. I was actually reading. I'm. I still am reading a book mm. by uh, Johan Harry, mm. uh, Lost Connections. And he was talking about why there is depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. and why most of it is due to our lost connections Mm -hmm. to many things and it was it was very like what i'm i'm reading like he was citing nine so a nine process of like nine disconnections Mm. that we have and then i'm just down i'm just do i've finished reading three so one this connection is one chapter, I said. And his text is like super fine print. <laughs> and it's also heavily researched, which is yeah. very nice. If you want to refer to the primary references, it's all there. That's great. Yeah. And that's why for people who are interested in this, and if the resources are limited, yeah. self-directed learning mm-hmm. is available. Yeah. I would suggest, though, to be patient when you do your research. Mm. So when you start your self-directed learning, yeah. you can already choose the resources from reliable yeah. people. Because yeah. anyone can get on this kind of bandwagon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when you were talking about social support and community support, mm-hmm. it's actually one of the... Well, that's one of the main things he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And which is why I... Like, during this... I was away for like a week reading this book at, at the same time. I was trying to reassess the way I think as well. Because yeah. in yoga, we keep on reinforcing that, you know, you can do it. And oh, uh, yes. everything... Is, you can do everything... Um, on your own mm-hmm. like it's all about the person keep trying Kaiba yeah. but it's actually parang we, 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 we disconnect people from their communities like by saying that you can do it on your own 
mm-hmm. but you can you actually need help and that's mm-hmm. like that's how people work people mm-hmm. need Makes sense. Yeah. people need that social connection because that's yeah. how we are that's how we evolve. Relational kasi din tayo. Kaya it makes so much sense then. Yeah. So the yes. the one of the disconnections that he was talking about was our meaningful relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one actually was meaningful work. So work, uh, work that gives you a, a, a sense of purpose. And I can't help but of course related to Dharma and yes. yoga which Uh-oh. is right. you know, work uh, for the purpose of work yeah. and not attaching ourselves to the fruit of it like it's not about the they saw that people who are working for the sake of money or anything ex, extrinsic or like yeah. external mm-hmm. are more prone to be depressed yeah. or anxious than people who work for a purpose mm-hmm. so I found a lot of very resonance yes it was very yoga <laughs> I think um, but it also made you realize how and yogic yoga teaching has become at some point. Diba? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, when we when we say the words that we say mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. when we talk about UI next level mm-hmm. uh, growth oh, oh, progress mm-hmm. all of these words eventually yeah. words like eventually mm-hmm. you'll get there. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a it's a really interesting time in terms of all of these you know intersections about yeah. uh, of HIV mental health uh, yoga, um, yeah. self care and community support. Exactly. And y- Rihanna mentioned a very very important word, which was relational. Yeah. And notice that the word the world is very directional. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why. It can get so stressful and yeah. traumatizing because we forget who we are and yeah. how we are as human beings, which is relational yeah. meaningful relationships and this is one of the the bigger issues in addiction yeah that when people go for a substance yeah. that is harmful to their body it's not like they wanted that to happen yeah, yeah. yeah. they they're, they're they feel a lot of times they feel like they, what they tell me or they tell me so powerful and eye opener um you know sharings like i feel like I've never been loved. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's not like, oh, you know, I just wanted to try it because that was my judgment before. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they would say mm. things like, they don't appreciate me at work. Yeah. Mm. You know, my partner never listens to me. Yeah. Never appreciates mm. my suggestions. Yeah. These are relational stuff. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the people I talk to, there's a judgment about addiction that um, just people with tattoos or people from yeah. impoverished families. The people that I work with right now are all well-educated, yeah. master's Uh-oh. degree and, and everything, yeah. you know, wealthy people, mm. really. You would think talaga yeah. na if you have it all, di ba? Okay. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's also a paradox because now that I mean, the, we are so connected, like, mm. at least digitally, yeah. the more connected we are, the more unconnected or disconnected, disconnected. we feel it's weird. from everyone mm-hmm. else. Yeah. It's also actually part of the book when he was saying that Social media is also an addiction. Like mm-hmm. people can be addicted to social media because yeah. they are trying to recreate the meaningful relationships that they have lost. But you right. really cannot make. You really cannot compensate uh, for lost relationships by creating virtual ones. I mean, yeah. you can come close to it, but it's yeah. really, it's not the same, basically. Yeah. So, 
I think we covered a lot of ground oh my God. <laughs> in that discussion. Yes. And uh, we will probably need to discuss a bit more in the future about oh, yeah, all the other sure. things that you do. We're gonna take a quick break lang, but we're gonna lighten it up a bit when we got back. Okay. When we back, so we'll Social justice yoga. Social justice warrior too. We'll be right back. We'll just uh, take a very quick break. <laughs> It's exciting that you know all of these things are just coming about now. Yeah. Uh, now that we are a bit more mature in the, <laughs> in the teaching profession. Yes. But what is not mature are the questions. <laughs> we'll ask that you. Follow. <laughs> we'll ask you uh, okay. in this next segment. Have you sure. been listening to some of the episodes? Yes, I have been listening. One of my favorite uh, episodes was actually just the two of you. you when you talked about accessible yoga. Ah, okay. I really enjoyed that. Last last season, oh, mga yeah, that, what the first season, I think, Uh-oh. yeah. So you don't know the rapid fire questions yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. Hindi ka ready. Hindi ka prepared. Yes. Good. Very good. Fresh, I actually did. I, I didn't want to prepare. <laughs> yeah, because you told me um, there would be, uh-uh. but I didn't ask and I, I didn't listen to the we other also the later <laughs> the later podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. Actually, some people listen, but they still forget the question. So <laughs> they didn't take note of the question. So here, here we go. Are you ready? All right. Okay. Let's go. Favorite yoga pose? Trikonasana. I love it. <laughs> uh, best meal after yoga? Oh my gosh, best meal? Nothing. I, I prefer to... Really? Yeah, <laughs> I prefer to sleep or, or drink water. First answer. Nothing. No <laughs> yeah, nothing. I, I feel like um, like after practice, I uh, prefer to honestly drink water and not eat. But this happened this year. I okay. have to clarify. Before, I would <laughs> promise I would eat a lot. Uh-huh. Like Are you pita? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. How do you take your coffee? Okay, yes. maraming black yeah. in the yoga world. Best time for sex? Anytime! Yeah. <laughs> it's either anytime or the morning. Ang mga oh, yoga yes. Before practice. <laughs> Favorite drink? Favorite drink? Aside from water, I would definitely say coffee. Oh, yeah. Uh, least favorite pose? Least favorite pose? Not least favorite pose, but a group of postures that bring insecurity would be inversions. Okay. But yeah. not not least because right now I'm enjoying. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're you're challenged. I'm challenged. <laughs> I, I can have fun Great. with the challenges now. Before I'd be my my feet would literally shake in class. Yeah. yeah. Greatly challenging pose, pala yung ganon. Oh, greatly <laughs> challenging. <laughs> Travel the world or eat all you can. Travel the world. That is so easy. Or both. Travel the, <laughs> the world exactly. and then eat all I can. Actually, yeah. travel the world. Yes. What would you be if not a yoga teacher? I would be an ed- a- anything in the ed- education field, okay. like a trainer, mm. proper, prop- most likely community development still. Oh, yeah. I love that. 
nahanap na niya. Oh, <laughs> ito na yung ano, convergence. Correct. <laughs> First thing you do in the morning. Aside from tea, uh-huh. there's a, po- a pose that I practice. It's a yin pose that okay. I practice in the morning. And sometimes I do it while drinking my coffee when I'm pressed for time. Yeah. It's called takto. Yeah. The needle. Yeah. Needle takto. Yeah. Sarap, no? Sarap. Oo. I do that parang as much as I can, I just pull my toe back. <laughs> right. Because I walk a lot. Oo. Yeah. Sarap, it gives Mm-mm. you so much relief. Or any any heart opener, whether it's a, in a restorative way or an active way. Yeah. Best best piece of advice you ever received? Best piece of advice I ever received? Don't sweat the small things. Mm. Yeah, because I used to be very rigid. Yeah. yeah. And there's a part of me that still is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Last but not the least, mm-hmm. Teacher Ivy, what is your teaching philosophy? Oh my gosh, teaching philosophy. It's hard. It's a universe question. Uh-oh. There is this phrase that I do my best to remember. It's compassion in action. Mm-hmm. And I feel like before, I would I know things yeah. in a cognitive way but it's different when it's applied in an embodied way yeah. when I live it first and when I live it I feel it and experience it when I teach the the way I who I am is an extension of of how I teach yeah. is an extension of the truth of who I am yeah. and before I would I'd be very I I criticized myself a lot, self-deprecating, mm. and when I learned to accept myself, I feel like I've softened, mm-hmm. and that's why how what I share in class is an extension of who I am. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love that, yeah. and it really reflects and like I think based on what what you, we talked about, what no? we talked about, yeah. and also compared to, you know how. Uh, how I've known you mm-hmm. for like the last, I don't know, almost 10 years now. Yeah. Yeah. It's really changed a lot, no? Yeah. In, a, in a really good way. Yeah. And I'm very proud of everything that you have Thank achieved. you. Yeah, Thank and I really, you. I really have to say that I super enjoyed this conversation uh-huh. a lot. Uh-huh. Thank there you. is nothing else in my head except this conversation. <laughs> You're this so is cute. all. You're so cute. As in lahat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we really enjoyed having you on the podcast. Thank Before you. we let you go and mm. have your Saturday, yeah. um, uh, let us know where people can catch you online. If you're online. On- online. That's probably Facebook uh-huh. sometimes uh-huh. <laughs> if I'm there because sometimes I have to take a break. Uh-huh. Uh, it's how I manage my energy because a lot of people look for me. But I'm available all the time on Messenger and yeah. Viber. Okay. So I, I allow my, my students or the 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 patients of other doctors to get in touch with me on yeah. Viber yeah. or Messenger. Also because there's a secret conversation on Viber and Messenger. Yes. So yeah. if they so share something. Mawala. Yeah. And I just give them my guidelines. Okay. Like this is my response time. Like 24 to 48 hours. If I don't respond, please wait. No calls. Uh-oh. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll just put your link to your messenger in this. Yes. And uh, the description of this podcast. Anything? Yes. That, uh, anything coming up? Like any public events or? <laughs> public events. Wala. Uh, <laughs> no, none because. Are you teaching yes. anywhere regularly? Yes. Uh, I still have my regular classes, okay. and I'm I'm moving towards. 
teaching more private classes yeah. and classes making classes available to to corporate like mm. right now i'm working on something maybe an instructional video maybe i don't know yet Ooh, if it will okay. really happen something very short and in filipino yeah. hopefully for drivers oh, okay oh, so that's that. that's one that's something that is still uh in the early stages yeah. yes and i'm i'm trying to create a framework specific to people living with hiv mm, okay. yeah so a framework and maybe i'll talk yeah, to you about it and about i it. think we should hang out more <laughs> we resonate with so many things together yeah. now oh, so we don't have to be so alone we community care <laughs> yeah. there's definitely a lot of things other things to talk yeah. about and about i'm sure we're gonna have you back about thank really you. zoning in on those specific uh, things Thank so, you so much. With that, thank you so much, Ivy, for guesting on this podcast. Yes. Can I also say that thank you for doing this because one of the things that I've been passionate about is not necessarily promoting, yeah. but I'm so proud of Filipino teachers. Me too. Yeah. Right? Uh-oh. Yeah, and I tell, I talk to my students about joining this workshop with this local teacher. Yeah. And I feel like this podcast is one of the ways wherein people can just learn about other teachers, yeah. in, whether they teach in the studio or yeah. however they teach. Yeah. yeah, that was really one of our, the reasons why we wanted mm-hmm. to. Put We're this also out there. really big fans of podcasts, yeah. so like yeah. we put it both together. Yeah. So it's it's like I I know a lot of Filipino yoga teachers, mm-hmm. and I've I also know a lot of teachers who teach elsewhere. And yeah. The quality is really comparable. Like it's yeah. really, I think so. Uh, Filipino yoga teachers are internationally competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If competition is uh, what we're yeah. looking at, but <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. qualified, I would say, well, mm-hmm. really well qualified, yeah. and um, we're glad to be a platform for that. Yeah. No, so I, I guess I, so I, I wish we can have everyone mm-hmm. on the podcast but we don't have a lot of time for everyone <laughs> uh, we also have to teach and everything else so we're happy to have you and everyone else yes. we've, been, we've guested so far so That's thanks for coming thank you and with that um, we're gonna close this we would like to end with that we'd like to request that you rate this uh, podcast with five stars on Apple podcasts it helps because people find it more that's true and we're also on spotify and anchor if you are if you listen on those platforms Yay! thank you so much again ivy for being here and until next time everybody this has been go with the flow yoga conversations with ben and rihanna i'm rihanna and i'm ben namaste namaste